0: I think we're about to welcome Senator John Hovind to the show, Senator from North Dakota, one of the most respected people in the Senate. I don't know, do we have John Hovind along the, on the line? We got him. John Hovind, speak. Hey, Larry, how are you? Good oh, morning. Oh, good. Good to hear your voice, Senator. Thank you for doing this. I haven't spoken to you in a while, so you're terrific. How have you been? Actually, I'm doing very well. We have a lot to talk about. You're very kind to give us uh, to give us some time here Saturday morning. Uh, Actually, I miss you, John, and your common sense conservatism. I miss you. How have you been? Yeah. It seems to me you're pretty busy between your
1: TV show guest appearances and radio show to boot. Doesn't sound like you've slowed
0: down much since
1: White House days.
0: (laughs) I can't slow down. I, I love to work. I love to work. I can't retire. Well,
1: I I knew that. I knew that. That's a good thing because you've got a lot to contribute.
0: You, you'll have to carry me out or, you know, I'll, I'll leave this world. I'll just slump <laughs> over on the TV set and you'll just haul me out of here.
1: Well, the good, the, news, the good news is you're a young man, so that won't be for a long,
0: long time. <laughs> so, Senator, I want to talk to you about energy and oil and inflation, but I did want to uh, give you a shot at the Roe v. Wade decision, if you had any particular thoughts that you wanted to share with us on that.
1: Yeah, well, Larry, it, it's an important decision, not just for the sanctity of life, but also for states' rights.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so now, you know, obviously this uh, very important issue, the issue of life uh, and abortion and so forth, is in front of the states. and uh, and And so the people and their elected representatives will make that uh, decision as to how it should be handled, and and that is the, the right approach. And here in North Dakota, uh, you know, we have a trigger law that will go into effect that does not allow abortion, and we've had that uh, for some time. So, uh, you know, that's where it sits. I, you know, I, I'm pro-life, and uh, you know, I think obviously it's a very important and, and good decision in terms of life, uh, and, and certainly states rights as i mentioned but but it puts puts it back to the people uh where it has always belonged
0: yeah it's a really important point i completely agree with you the states rights issues you know the the second amendment actually the second and 14th amendment decision on the new york state uh gun control was also a states rights issue putting it back to the states and um it just looks that, like this court is doing uh, some important things. That's what, I, what I'm thinking. Very important
1: things. Well, r- right, Larry. It comes back to, you know, justices, judges, their job is to enforce the law, to uphold the law, to in, uphold the Constitution, not to legislate from the bench, not to make law. And that's what this, uh, you know, this Supreme Court with a conservative majority is upholding the law and enforcing the Constitution, not legislating from the bench, which is exactly what our founding fathers wanted when they set up the three branches as checks and balances. It's the legislative branch that does the legislating. The uh, court, of course, is there to enforce the law and the executive to carry it out. That is the proper role, and that is how our government is supposed to work.
0: You know, uh, another sidelight here, Uh, Of course, Donald Trump appointed the three judges uh, who were the swing players on this, uh, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and uh, Coney Barrett. But, you know, uh, people should probably not forget that Mitch McConnell's had a lot to do with this, A, preventing uh, Merrick Garland from uh, getting on the court back in 2016, and, and B, Senator, as you well know, uh, during Trump's term, McConnell, you know, those he doesn't necessarily get along with Trump, but he worked together to implement the um, confirmation of these judges. I mean, McConnell's got got to get some credit here, doesn't he?
1: Well, that's right. Yeah, this is a good example. Same like on tax relief, which, of you know, the uh, jo- uh, Tax Cut and Jobs Act, uh, whom a certain Mr. Larry Kudlow was very involved with, and which was a very, very important bill, really got our economy going in a huge way. Another example, but yes, this is a good example of, of working together, and you can see how important it was that they did.
0: Well, I'll say. One other angle to this, Senator uh, Hovind, is that um, a strong economy needs people. It needs population growth. You know, it needs positive uh, birth-death ratios. And we've been falling on that. I mean, 63.5 million abortions since Roe v. Wade in 1973. That from the Guttmacher Institute, which is basically a pro-choice institute, but they have good numbers. I mean, it's a horrifying number to me, but this is a great moral issue. A great moral issue, as you say, the sanctity of life, uh, and then uh, legislatively or judiciarily, the uh, states' rights argument, but it's an economic issue too, Senator. You know, we need yeah, we need people. Who, you know, we need young people who are going to help finance the benefits that our society deems necessary for the elderly, right? For Social Security and Medicare.
1: Abs Absolutely, you know, we that that's a really important point. And again, I I think it just goes back to why I always like listening to you on the economic issues because you know of what you speak. So here we are talking about how, you know, the aging of our society and how we need young people. Look at what's happening with our labor force. Everybody you talk to, I mean, everybody needs workers now. And so as not only that, but then as our society ages, we want to have young people that can step in and take those jobs. Some people want to work when they're older. Uh, you and I would put in that category, but others may not. And so you've got to have these young people filling in and taking these jobs, and that's vitally important. And the corollary corollary I would add to that, Larry, that's incredibly important, is we have amazing systems now to help support families with health care and all these other things. So if somebody decides they can't for some reason, uh, you know, keep that baby. You know, there are so many people out there that would love to adopt that baby right. and raise that baby. I mean, there's an incredible desire by families to adopt babies. And so there are good solutions that, that you know, uh, respect the life of the baby and, and would address so many things we're talking about. The desire of a young family to have a baby that can't. And as you say, that that future young workforce that's going to take care of us. I mean, all those things I think are marvelous things that we should focus on, you know, those positive aspects of what we can do.
0: The, you know, the adoption thing is so important. So, so, so important. It's a great point. Um, Biden never talks about that. It's a pity. It's a shame. Pete, you're right. People are, and people are going overseas to try to adopt because they can't seem to adopt here. But they they should. They can. Oh, absolutely. It's easier and easier. Well, you and I both have friends that have gone to the far corners of
1: the, or go anywhere on the planet to get a baby because they're trying to find a baby to adopt. And they're waiting in line in our country and they're not able to get one. And so, you, absolutely, there are just many families out there that would love the opportunity to adopt a baby.
0: Senator Hovind, can you, can you stick through this? i, I got to take a very brief commercial break. And on the other side, I want to talk to you about the energy crisis and this bait and switch meeting meeting that didn't happen between biden and the all can you stick around for a moment sir sure all right that's great we're going to take a quick break folks we're talking to senator john hoven of uh, republican of north dakota and a great friend of mine we'll be right back and then we we'll talk about the energy crisis i'm kudlow please stay with us from wall street to the white house this is the larry kudlow show Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking with Distinguished Senator John Hoven of North Dakota. Um, Senator Hovind, I want to go back to this um, non meeting, the bait and switch, with the oil CEOs. I mean, we're in an energy crisis, and Biden, of course, is in denial about that. Biden snubs the oil execs, then he glad hands the wind companies and the labor unions in the Roosevelt room in the White House, uh, sends the oil people to the uh, Energy Department, um, which is kind of an ugly building. The White House is really much grander. And I think he sent a message that's like, I don't care. You know, you're not the solution. We're going to get rid of fossil fuels. And um, I think he, that all spoke volumes. And I spoke to uh, a couple of people, a couple of the oil execs who were in that meeting. And they got nowhere. At least Jennifer Granholm did not insult them the way Biden insults them, but they asked for regulatory waivers, uh, Senator, and they got nothing, no satisfaction from Granholm because, you know, she can't do it because her boss won't let her do it. What do you make of all that?
1: Well, that, that just in a sense, you know, just sums up the whole problem, doesn't it? I mean, here uh, President Biden's going to meet with the oil companies to talk about producing more supply at home finally, which is, hey, that's the problem. I mean, that, that's the solution to the problem is produce more energy here at home. So the solution is produce more energy at home. The problem is the Biden administration's energy policies. That is the problem. And so, you know, because it's supply and demand, as you know, we've got to produce more supply to uh, meet the demand to bring the price down at the pump for our consumers. His policies have done just the reverse. So, yeah, finally he sets up a meeting. He's going to bring him in. You think, great, finally he's going to talk to him about maybe doing some things to take the handcuffs off him, which he's put on. And uh, so we can start producing more oil and gas here at home, where, by the way, we have the best environmental standards versus anywhere else in the world. And so then instead, what a head scratcher. He (laughs) sends them over to see Jennifer Granholm, the the secretary of energy, to to talk about what they should be talking about. Uh, And he then he gets, you know, the the, uh, renewable energy group in and sits and talks with them. And exactly. It makes no sense. Again, he, you know, he's got these Band-Aid solutions like taking uh, oil out of the strategic petroleum reserves or wanting to uh, you know, suspend the gas tax, which isn't going to happen. And even people in his own party say that doesn't make sense. Or, or he goes to Saudi or, 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 or asks Venezuela to give us more everything about what makes sense, which is produce more energy here at home where we have the best environmental standards. And, and I, you know, you have to say, what in the world? Why is he doing this? It, it makes no sense. And, you know, Larry, the only thing I think it, can think is he is so captive uh, to this new green movement that, that he just can't do what he needs to do to address the problem here in this country. And it's, and it's affecting all, every, every person, not just at the pump, but every time they go to the grocery store or buy anything else.
0: I mean, I think he's, um, of course, he'll blame everyone for the inflation problem, but he does nothing to solve the inflation problem. And and Senator, I think, you know, I mentioned this in my opening. I mean, I think he's going to try to make the Roe v. Wade decision, the big election issue, not inflation, not $5 gasoline, not falling real wages and not recession. You think that's the strategy they're going to make?
1: No question, they, uh, the administration uh, and Democrats have been doing everything they can to, you know, try to shift the attention from inflation and uh, and energy, the price at the pump, uh, and and remember this en- energy, it's not just it's not just at the pump. There's an energy cost in every good or service you buy. It affects everybody every day, but it's also a national security issue, as we know, we could talk about all that. But the point is, you're right. They're trying to shift the discussion away from that to anything else. But here's the reality every American's feeling the pain of that policy every single day. So he can keep trying to shift it. And these other issues will be issues. But people are not, that, but inflation is going to stay right at the top because it, it uh, adversely impacts everybody every day.
0: He's chosen the Green New Deal and the radical greeny stuff over energy security. But let's go to this national security issue. You know, among other things, Senator, as you probably know this, but Russia is now virtually back to producing the 10 million barrels a day that they had before the war in Ukraine started. The demand from China and India is picking up the slack on export sales. So my point is because of Biden's stubbornness and stopping the supply of of fossils keeping the price high we're actually benefiting Russia right now our, our sanctions are ineffective because they're being overtaken uh by China and India and some others in Asia and some others in Latin America i mean that's killing our national security position
1: yeah no that's right that they're they're in essence funding those higher prices fund the Russian war machine. And the very fact that instead of working with Europe, you know, Europe went down that trail where they're getting oil and gas from Russia. And then, and now Biden wants to put us in the same kind of straitjacket. You can see the geopolitical ramifications of that with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, he, he continues to sell oil uh, and gas to China and India. You know, we saw that same problem with the sanctions we worked to put on Iran. You know, then mm-hmm. they flip around, and and President Obama gave them waivers, to, uh, you know, in terms of the banking system, because you know how we could have shut that down, and, and they were selling their oil to India and some of these other countries, when we were trying to put the clamps on them to stop their nuclear program. So, again, we've, you know, you're right, and we've got to get tough on this. We need to produce oil and gas. We can do it with the best environmental standards. It's not just an economic issue. It is very much a national security issue. And, and uh, not just for us, but for our allies as well.
0: what are your what are your folks saying? I mean North Dakota is home to Bakken, my friend Harold Hamm and others. what are they saying about all this?
1: Oh well they they're they're trying to produce more oil and gas. they can't because because of all these regulatory restrictions. so whether you want to start with the restrictions or not, the moratorium on producing oil and gas on federal lands that's not mm-hmm. just offshore Larry. we produce a lot of oil and gas on federal lands here. So that gets taken off the table. Then he says he's going to reinstore it, but he, but restore it, but he only restores 20%. 80% is still uh, off limits. And then on the 20%, he raises the, the uh, lease rates, so that increases the price. Yeah. But then, in addition, his agencies, they either hold up the drilling permits or you get locked up in court by, you know, like I say, these folks who want the Green New Deal. So then you can't produce uh, you know, those new leases. So, he, you know, he, he's talking one thing and doing another. He continues to hold up that and then don't even get into infrastructure and trying to permit the oil and gas pipelines, the gas gathering systems, the LNG facilities, all those things. You've got to have, you know, those types of pipelines and systems and and then refining capacity. You talked about that meeting you missed. One of the key things that those oil and gas people were going to make to him is we've got to be able to expand our refining capacity, here, which they're trying to do. But again, they hit these regulatory barriers.
0: We're at 95 percent refining capacity, as far as I can tell, 95 percent. And he's knocked out. What is it? Ten or 12 refineries have been knocked out uh, during the Biden term. We haven't built a new refinery, Senator, what, since the 70s.
1: Yeah, long time. What they're trying to do is expand the existing refiners, but they need so many approvals and they're held up so bad. And that's actually the, the bottleneck right now. We can continue to bring uh, more oil. Uh, you know, we can produce more here, but but you still got to refine it. And so that that refining becomes the bottleneck for getting gasoline to the pump for the consumer to get the price down. And again, it's because you got all these restrictions. Every And here's the other thing. If if you constantly have an administration that tells you that he's going to put you out of business, mm. doesn't it make it a lot harder to go and invest and build new facilities? Mm. It sure does, right? So <laughs> That's why I say he's putting the handcuffs on these guys when they would like to and they're trying to produce more energy.
0: Um, Senator Hovind, let me uh, switch gears a bit. Uh, there's not much specifics that we can get our arms around, but there is a Private conversation going on between Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer about a possible reconciliation bill. I believe the deadline for all that is September thirty at the end of the fiscal year. Uh, inside that there's a lot of rumors and stuff, but uh five hundred billion dollars in tax credits for renewables, more spending for Obamacare, more spending for Medicaid, and maybe worst of all, worst of all. A big tax hike is stuck in there. Corporate tax hike, a tax hike on wealthy people, a tax hike on foreign uh, U.S. foreign revenues. You know anything? I mean, this. You know, Joe Manchin has done the Lord's work. He helped to save America and kill the bill. But he's involved in this. My heart may be breaking over there because he's a friend of mine. But what's going on? What can you report? Anything? Who knows? I asked John Thune about this on the TV show, and he said to me, he said, Larry, Mansion's a friend of yours. You need to call him. I said, well, okay. But still, what's going on here? Do we know, Senator Hovind? Yeah, so a couple things there. I One, I've
1: known Joe, he and I were governors together for a long time, and then we've been in, we came into the Senate about the same time. So I've known Joe for I, uh, I, I don't know, fifteen years or longer, and uh, you know we're friends, and we worked together on a lot of things. We actually passed the Keystone Pipeline built together that that President Obama vetoed. And you're right, he's done some really good work. He helped us kill, build back better. Mm-hmm. And he did it for the right reasons because he knew that that $5 trillion the Democrats wanted to spend would be on top of too much spending already and just think where we'd be. Look how bad inflation is now, and if we'd had that additional spending, oh, my gosh, it's just hard to imagine. And so, yes, he's visiting with Schumer about this stuff, and I agree with you. It's worrisome, in fact. You know, like I say, we're friends. So I've talked to him, and I said, you know, Joe, the work you've done to help stop some of this out-of-control spending is so important. You know, please keep that in mind. And and more spending and higher taxes are just going to make things worse. And I said, I just hope you keep that in mind. And and of course, he says, well, yeah. But they are talking. And so uh, Thune's advice was probably pretty good, Larry. You better call, call <laughs> Joe up and say, Joe, don't my heart don't I break my heart we don't need more spending we don't need more taxes we don't need more regulation we need less of all three if we want to solve this uh, inflation problem
0: (laughs) i'm taking it very personally very emotionally call
1: him up and say just what you said to me say joe don't break my heart
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know besides the spend i mean we don't need more green new deals today we don't need we should be freezing domestic spending anyway to fight inflation. But the ta- John, there's uh, potentially a $1.7 trillion tax hike under discussion. I mean, I've seen this. Uh, uh, I know it's a att- concern. Whoa. It's a
1: concern. And folks like me, I mean, Joe's my friend and I, I talked to him and I agree with you, you know, Larry, you, you and I come from the same place here. And I hope the other one that's been good on this issue on the Democrat side, Larry is Kristen cinema mm. particularly on not understanding that raising taxes mm. is a really bad idea and so i hope i hope she'll hang in there mm. too but you're right no this is the last thing we need
0: all right good luck senator john Oben thank you sir Thanks, enjoyed yeah.
1: talking to you